0: Welcome to Lunch Therapy. This is Lunch Therapy, a very special edition of Interview Friday. We have a fantastic guest today. She's Judy Carter. I don't know, I'm sure a lot of you know her from many different things, but she is, I'm saying she's the comedy guru. She's been around since before there were comedy clubs. She's had a career that has spanned many, many decades. She has so much experience. She's written all kinds of books on comedy that will help you with your comedy, help you with your public speaking, help you in even in, you know, meetings at work if you're not a comedian or if you are a comedian and you still have meetings at work like myself. All right, Interview Friday. Here we go. Great to have you here. Judy Carter, thank you for being on Lunch Therapy.
1: Oh my God, I'm thrilled to be on Lunch Therapy because I always felt lunch is therapy. It is. No matter how how much I get depressed in the morning, I'm thinking, well, there's always lunch. <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay, Judy. So uh, we've never met, which is I, I've always heard about you. I've always seen online your your uh, classes and and I've always been very, very curious about you. Um, can you tell me how you how you started out in comedy? You started
1: out doing magic, right? Um, yeah, I was when I was a kid, I was like most people who go into show business kind of neglected with a speech impediment (laughs) and um and obsessed about magic and had a birthday party business (laughs) and when you were a little
0: kid you had a birthday party business
1: i had a birthday party business when i was eight years old i actually have um we even called up the la times and they did a story on i mean we were I wow. was an entrepreneur at a very young age. And I actually still have my first um, database as an eight year old kid, which I had like a little, little cards and every birthday boy and girl and their age. And then I would upsell them for next year. And um, we were, I, i developed the business side of show business at a very young age
0: i love that because most of us come to show business and forget about the business and uh we're uh, just flounder around i still do and i'm still learning how to like figure out how to monetize this thing yes Um, so you already had that going what what was it about you that do you think that made you so savvy
1: desperation i guess i mean i mean if you look at every comic you know there's not a comic who hasn't had a great childhood i mean most comics um go into comedy because of some trouble in their lives some kind of problems Mm -hmm. you know i grew up in a uh, with an alcoholic father my sister was severely disabled with cerebral palsy Mm -hmm. and i became the entertainer to kind of cheer up the family and it it gave me a sense of purpose in life and that I carried into my adult life. I mean, you know, we, it was, uh, I ended up, you know, getting on television at a very early age, um, doing magic and it was so y- unique because there were no female magicians. Not like there are today. So many female magicians. So
0: many. I just, it's so, a joke. Just <laughs> glut in the market.
1: Right. So then I became, you know, one day I, I ended up, um you know performing as an adult and um and then one day my tricks didn't show up and and i that's immediately... what i heard in your
0: book your tricks yeah. so, okay so you got to your location where you were supposed to perform and your luggage got stuck or something or what you didn't yeah have your
1: yeah so you know when you're a magician you're not really doing magic right <laughs> what right right <laughs> you know that it's like it'd be so much simpler you have to yeah. schlep all of this stuff right yeah. and if you forget one little thing the trick doesn't work so you know i was traveling just with all like, i was doing sign a man in half with this huge electric saw oh and, God. and times were different imagine trying to get through tsa with imagine. all that you know
0: can't even imagine
1: so with so saws was, <laughs> what, what are you doing saws. here, ma'am <laughs> <laughs> exactly and and then uh you know i said hey i'm sorry i can't go on tonight and this was playboy clubs and he says well hey hef the man it was uh chicago he's coming tonight and the show's at eight and i'm going oh my god and, and so there i was you know in the bunny locker room just sobbing into some bunny's breasts and you know what am i gonna do are oh, you have know, my tricks honey just be who you are just this was funny with him really? just
0: so you had to perform anyway
1: happened. so i performed and it actually went well i was just funny i was what did you funny. do did you just do
0: comedy or did you like try and do magic or
1: no i well i did a like I, I ran to the store i got a deck of cards and i figured i'd do some card tricks but mostly i was just funny
0: yeah
1: and hefner really liked me hugh hefner he at that time he booked a lot of comics and um he was the biggest before comedy clubs he was the biggest employer of us comics and jazz singers and so he you know loved me and um and invited me up to the mansion in Chicago. And I got to stay in the leather room, although it was really vinyl, just the saying. And 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 um, I, I started to work for him, you know, clubs all throughout. Um, was it hard
0: being a woman in that environment where people, like, wanted something else from you besides um, comedy, you know? Or were people coming on to you or anything like that? Or was it difficult? Well,
1: that's or? always the... Mm-hmm. Oh, hard being a woman in show business? Where yeah. did what? you hear that? I've never heard anything like easy. that. No, so easy. Well, of course, you know, of course, you know, we women who were the pioneers back then um, had to, oh, so much. We we, we had to, it was, you know, way before the Me Too movement and you learned how to you know, navigate around things and, um, and, uh, you know, and, and that was, that was the way it was. And cause you know, you find yourself, we, of course you had to travel alone. Cause no one could really afford like traveling with a partner and who's entourage. going to give up their life to, to, yeah. you know, travel with you. So, you know, the only people, women in the hotels who are by themselves were, you know, the comics and, hookers so <laughs> that, was, that was the way it was oh my you know? gosh yeah but you become friends with other women on the road and um you know i wouldn't have traded those times for anything you know i was on the road with prince um, with prince was super fun. yeah was, i was um his You're opening kidding. act for a while yeah this this little jewish girl was opening for prince somehow it worked did you ever um, like hang
0: out with prince
1: you have any Prince um, He was he was an incredibly shy and private person. Mm-hmm. And of course I met him and, yeah. you know, backstage, he told me how much he loved me, but I, you know, he was very, very nice to me and very private, mostly this, you know, if you're opening for someone who's a star, they don't generally hang with the opening mm-hmm. act, you yeah. know, but you get to stay at the same hotel and go to some of the same parties and things wow. like that. So that's what that was like
0: how incredible yeah. you said something interesting you said it was before there were comedy clubs so yeah there were no comedy clubs there was a time where there were no comedy clubs
1: no no there's a no back um then it was in the 80s late mm-hmm. 80s where um there was a comedy you know call it the gravy train days most comics refer to it as like Everybody opened a comedy club. Everybody with a trust fund opened up a in comedy the 80s. club. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, I, you know, I'm not clear on what dates or what everything happened. Yeah. But, um, you know, back in those days, um, the only comedy club in L.A. was um, the, uh, the comedy store. Mitzi Shore had a place called the comedy store. They didn't yeah. even have a liquor license. They had they used, uh, there's a place next door, a rock and roll place. So the Strip and Sunset Strip had like a lot of like Whiskey Go-Go, the Roxy, you know, and um, Art LeBeau's. And then, you know, a little Trimador. little place next door. Oh, yeah, yeah. he opened a part of it and then the waitresses would run over to get drinks from Art LeBeau's club because there oh. was no, and that was it. And then Bud really? Friedman opened the Hollywood Improv and the improvisation had been rolling in um in New York. And then he started to bring New York comics out to LA. Mm. And um and those were those were the great days. And then you could you would I was on tour maybe during those days, 46 weeks out of the year, you know, working constantly. Clubs?
0: Yeah. Working comedy yeah. clubs. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: because you would just go one to the other. That plus college gigs. Um you know, was kept, every comic was working, but, but the market got very flooded with comics and most of them were not very good. So it kind of came to a, you know, burst, but, um, but those were the days. Yeah.
0: I'm surprised to hear that you're from, you're from California, right? Yes. You seem like you're from New York to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm excessively.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I had a speech impediment. So my grandmother who was from Russia. Yeah the little taught me how to speak so i'd go over her house she'd teach me and so that's why i ended up sounding like a jewish butcher i love yeah it. i love yeah it. but i'm from i'm from in california <laughs> I'm from, so like, so yes so, yeah, that, so you're was a real that, california girl
0: yeah so what it's really interesting though um what were you where were you doing comedy before that you were just opening for bands and and in the playboy clubs and and these kind of places where there was entertainment going on but you were like opening for them or maybe an act in between things is that how people yeah. did comedy back um, then?
1: well if you look at it in those days um you know a lot of the headliners were men and or or even women if they were singer but if they were singers so you know to have a singer open for you is kind of a a lot of times a conflict so it was mm-hmm. such a unique thing to have a, a female
2: yeah. um
1: comic and you know it was i you know It really didn't work for a comic opening for a band because people are so high and effed up on drugs (laughs) and sometimes they you know delay yeah the show and then people would you know time their drugs to come on with a main act and then they were peaking and they were pissed and i'd come and you know it's just really it was just hard um those days and 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 also you're performing for like 1500 people 2000 people a lot of time big amphitheater and it's just you know those what was your family like about
0: about this like when you you know you hit the road pretty young and we're going around performing yeah was your family like what are you doing like why is my daughter doing this or were they just sort of oh god no no they were
1: you know my mom was from LA so they were like course you're going into show business and you better get famous <laughs> <laughs> you know, that was you know LA LA yeah. LA parents were I mean you know I I guess if it's the industry of a town you know I don't know like maybe in you know you're born in West Virginia you're going to be a coal miner that's the family business well yeah. you know You've that's that's in LA. the family that's, business,
0: right? It's the industry of the town. Of course, it makes sense. That's the
1: industry town, yeah. Totally makes yeah. sense.
0: So did you per- start performing at the Comedy Store a lot when Mitzi was around? Or did Yeah,
1: you- there was. Yeah? Um, I, I actually, matter of fact, when she opened the main room, I was the first person to play it. I was opening with uh, Jackie Mason. Wow. Yeah, I just came across an article about that. I forgot about that. Um, but yeah no she, she you have to understand there weren't very many comics so when i wrote my first book on you know uh, called stand up comedy the book on mm-hmm. on how to how to take your life and turn it into stand up comedy mm-hmm. it was rejected from 59 agents because everybody said nobody wants to know how to do stand up comedy <laughs> And so my, the time, finally, you know, I got number 60 because uh, there there was no such thing as a self-published book. You had to get an agent, you had to get a publisher. And, and then what happened was um, number 60 liked the book and sent it to Random House and they liked it. And then I got it published and Oprah Winfrey had me on her show because she said, I didn't know you could teach people how to be funny. And then it just blew up so my whole career of course you get near oprah and you know everything blows up um she just has a way of you know making making stuff happen and so um that all that just that just was crazy yeah Yeah, that was crazy and and then what happened is everybody and, you know, even my gynecologist wanted to do to stand up, you know, like, uh, oh, everybody. your pap smear is clear. And by the way, come see me. I'm doing a set of yuck yucks. And it's like, <laughs> oh. it was just like everybody now is a stand up. And, yeah. um, and it's become a passion for people to, to, um, you know, get up and stand in the spotlight and talk about yourself and have everybody laugh and love you. And um, and my my books on how to do that sort of led the way. And most of the older comics are all pissed at me because <laughs> yeah, we can not get yeah. spots anymore. Everybody oh, is comic now because of you. The yeah.
0: it's like a magic book. Like you give give people the secrets to the the secret formula. So what kind of Okay, this is uh, something I wanted to ask you. In the beginning of the book, you could say, go to your your website and take a test to see whether you're funny or not. And I thought this was really great because in the end, you kind of allow people to be funny no matter what they score they get on your website or whether they even do it at all. But my question to you is, are there people who are funny and people that aren't funny? Are there people that can be comedians and people that can't be comedians?
1: You know, um, Here's the answer to that. I look at the people who've made it, who have taken my class
2: mm-hmm.
1: and the people who haven't, and the people who've made it are not necessarily more talented or funnier, but mm-hmm. they certainly have had persistence. You know, yeah. they certainly never gave up. They were extremely um, driven,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? And, and. And they became very successful. Seth Rogen started my class. Um, I mean, Sherry Shepard, Brown. I mean, so many people. Yeah. Hannah Gatsby. so many people. Um, and all those people I mentioned are superbly talented, but there's a lot of people that aren't that famous, but are making a fine living, are making, mm-hmm. you know, like 120,000 a year, um, making people laugh, doing what they love. Are they that talented? no but they have this confidence about them that, um, they just, they just love doing it and they want to do it. You know, Mm -hmm. there's that. Yeah. Now there's the people who have absolutely no sense of humor. They might be a mechanical engineer. Uh (laughs) They might be an ichthyologist. I don't know. They might be one of those people. Um, not to say there aren't funny ichthyologists, you know yeah, ichthyologists right. it's the yeah, study it's of fish, study... right? Oh, anyway, I was gonna whatever. say bugs,
0: but that's not a <laughs>
1: whatever. Yeah. Um, and what I found is that when they took my class, that I could give them the thrill of a lifetime and get them funny for five minutes. Mm-hmm. Like if if you follow the formulas in this book. Um, you learn how to um, take your life and things have happened and your opinions and learn how to write maybe a comparison joke, a list of three joke, you know, a mix. You learn some of the basics of stand-up. And and maybe you, you write 30 minutes of material and then we cut out everything that doesn't work. And then you're left with five minutes and and you have that experience of going on stage and killing. Yeah. Right. But and you know, you're not going to be getting a Netflix special yeah. because you have to have talent to really sustain an audience. I do shows that are an hour. And I know there's a you know, like, like I'm a conductor, there's, there's, I'm feeling when the audience is receding from me. And then I dig into my bag of tricks on how to pull them back, pull them back into me. And there's, you know, I've have so many years of performing that I have a, um, a whole, a whole huge barrel of tricks to, you know, dig from and find that thing that works. And of course, I put those things in my book, but Mm -hmm. you naturally know how to do that when you have talent, when you're born to do it. Mm -hmm. But even if you're not born to do it, like there's ways to be funnier. It's not a mystery. You know, there are ways, ways to be funny. And there's also ways to um, improve your humor. And, you know, so many people tell horrible, offensive jokes and they don't yeah. even realize it. they day. don't even wow, know that was know. racist you know it that totally happens yeah yeah you know so how do you
0: deal with people like that okay so uh you <laughs> i i assume you want people to be themselves you know and want to try and be as themselves as possible when they're doing comedy do you ever run across people where you're like oh that's just gonna be too offensive or that's not really gonna work um how do you speak to someone like that if you're teaching them because you want them to have their authentic voice but you still have an opinion about how it's going to be received
1: that's a really good question um i'll tell you how um truth is always funny you know when you really get down to it like when i always look at my job when i was coaching comics um What is this person really trying to say? And what's a way that they can say it that'll be received by the audience. So let's say I have a guy in front of me and he's gone, women, they're such bitches. Let's just say that, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he's doing really like what I find to be misogynistic material and really putting down women. And so he finishes act and I say to him, I have a question to ask him. I'm just a little confused by your act, so I never say to anybody, "Don't do that," you know, because I like uh, to give yeah. people of choice. So yeah. I said to him, "Are you gay?" He goes, "No." <laughs> <laughs> what? And he's horrified that I asked him that. Why would you say that? Why would you? Answer? I said, "Well, you call women bitches, and it becomes obvious that you really don't like women." Um from your materials. So I was just wondering if you were gay then, Mm -hmm. because why, because you don't seem like you love women. Yeah. Because you're calling them bitches. Now I can understand if like, if you say a joke and you go, um, oh, this woman dumped me. I was so in love with her. What a bitch. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'll go with you on that. Now I get it, but you're calling all women bitches, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so, rather than go, I hate women. Why don't you go? Women scare me, and you can do the same joke. Women are scary, yeah. and you can do the same jokes that you're doing, but now you'll get laid after the show. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so I try and appeal to like I I kind of do a real psychological.
0: I think that's so great though people. of you because you're really yeah, cause you're just I trying get to get to the truth guy, of it. Yeah.
1: You know, he's kind of like. In, in This was a long time ago, before MAGA. But he'd be kind of like one of those MAGA guys. Yeah. And 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 so I knew, you know, like what does he want? I said, you want groupies? You want women to be? Why would a woman approach you? You know, become your comedy groupie? Yeah. <laughs> she, you don't want to alienate half, half the day. audience. Fifty-one so so percent. He did yeah. a great. He but but the truth is all men who go women are all bitches. The truth is you're scared of women. Yeah. So talk to me about that. Tell me the truth of that. And it's always going to be funnier. So, so, you know, but in the end, I'll always say, but you know, it's your act. You do what you want up there. You get to, you get to do what you want, but I'm just telling you, that's what the audience is going to think. God, it's
0: so (laughs) Great. That's so great because you're not like telling them it's wrong. You're just saying like this. You know, let's get to the the meaning of this, the real meaning of it. And that no, is no, no. I is... don't
1: believe in censorship. Yeah. I mean, I I don't. And I know you know. There's been really brilliant comics who have said pretty horrible things.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, um, Dave Chappelle has said pretty horrible things about trans comics, mm-hmm. um, sounding extreme. You know, fueling kind of hate yeah i'd never pay to see him do i think the guy's talented yes will i defend his right to say what he needs to say yes yeah will i go see him no Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um yeah and i think that's where we're at in comedy now is um um is that i um You know, books are being banned right now. We're living in a culture war and it's harder and harder to do comedy, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: you know. And um, however, I do find that when I perform at a comedy club these days, that the millennials are a very good audience, that Mm -hmm. they, you know, in my day and age, Mm -hmm. the audiences were pretty much total heckling thing it was like oh, very really? vicious <laughs> oh sometimes God. you know i've had yeah. people throw things at me i've almost i had someone throw a tablecloth on top of me and lit it on fire what yeah uh, comic comment while you were performing while i'm performing you know oh and God. and um you know and i think now i'm there's a club in la called the crow that i'm performing in and it gets a a a progressive millennial audience Hmm. and they hire comics who are pretty smart and astute and their audiences are so uh, different than the kind of audiences I grew up with. So there's also that. So, you know, where's the crow? Where's that? It's in Santa Monica. Monica. It's Santa Monica. So you could, you know, you can maybe do some I've even told some dark stories there that the audience. You can take places that you can't usually do in, like a maybe a commercial comedy club. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. Anyway, there's that.
0: That is so interesting. It's I what I love talking. I love talking with you because it's you're. It's so practical and so it's not hypothetical. Any of this stuff that you're talking about, it's <laughs> like you are from from a very young age. You have just been doing it. So. Mm-hmm. How can you help us? I mean, I know your book and people can get the book. I'm going to put a link in the show notes for them to get the book, but can you give advice to people about um, getting stage time? Because there's so many different ways to get stage time, um, but everybody mm-hmm. kind of goes the same direction. I feel like we as comedians, but what are the other ways to get stage time than, you know, than just doing uh, bringer shows and just doing <laughs> you know, all this stuff that we, that all traditional comics do. And that's definitely a part of it, but, you want to like get more stage time and maybe um, be able to try <laughs> some stuff that you know, try some stuff out that might maybe is not your your best material. Yeah, yet.
1: I find that it's very interesting how um, comics, even some of the most, I mean, the essence of comedy is doing something different. You know, like yeah. a civilian, when asked "Hello, how are you?" they'll say "Fine, good." You know why essentially? And comics will go. I'm fat. You know, I'm in a horrible time. And so you help me out. Yeah. Yeah. So that's inherently what comedy is all about doing something, doing something different. Yet when it comes to um, the business side of show business, we do the same thing. Mm -hmm. We'll we'll all go to the same comedy club. We'll all go to some kind of play. We'll all do the same. We'll all do the Mm -hmm. same kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Well. What I have found is that um, your first step is to get out of the house. Okay, <laughs>
2: yeah. it
1: doesn't matter. It yeah. really pretty much doesn't matter where you go. Like you, you, you go to a club, and you'll you'll hang out with comics, and you meet comics, and you start hanging out. Okay, that's number one. Okay. Magic happens like you don't have to have a plan you just got to get out of your pajamas and get out of the friggin house and go see comics and talk to comics right yeah really talk to comics um write jokes for other comics like do something for them they'll Mm. do something for you Mm. i started to find like um I hadn't done comedy for a long time because I've been more in the corporate speaking genre but I went you know it's time for me to go back to my roots and go back and do open mics and just start seeing where I'm at with all of that and I didn't know where to go so I just went out and I talked to people oh you should come here then I went there and they oh you I want you to be in my show and come here and then now I'm producing a show so it kind of gets the ball rolling. Mm-hmm. And I just spoke to a girl who had taken my class and I she said, I said, where are you doing comedy?" She says, well, I don't know. I just go places like I was on a tour, Botanical Garden. I said, does anybody want to see some stand-up? <laughs> <laughs> and, and they went, yeah. And I just did my set right then and there. Yeah. I mean the That's other wild. thing I I really feel is it's so important when you start to Uh, develop your material is to think in terms of who your audience is and where are is your audience Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and so for instance i'll give you a for instance um there's something called have you heard of board teachers no board teachers tell me Um, about board teachers okay well um it's like just a facebook group but it's Mm -hmm. got millions of teachers well teachers are bored (laughs) and so they started to, yeah. um, from this Facebook group, go, well, where are most of the people on the site? And then they started to do shows there. And then they hired funny teachers. And I went to one of their shows because one of my former students, who's now quit her job and is now doing a tour with um, this teacher's group, and they rent out huge theaters. We're talking about 1,500 people. I just saw them. They were in San wow. Diego beautiful theater. They had security. They had drinks. They had swag. They had, I mean, it was a fancy gig. And she did a 15, they had like six former teachers do stand-up comedy. And I'm going, this is the way to go. So it's like, take whatever career you have, even if you hate it, if you're a radiologist, if you're a nurse, if you are, whatever you are, If you start putting up funny stuff about radiologists or nurses, or you develop something like that, you're gonna start getting a following. And then you could start filling seats. So you could find a little place, a little bar. Maybe the bar has 30 seats. Hey, Tuesday night, I wanna do my funny nurses show. Everybody brings, you know, some people, you do a set. I mean, To me, it's all about what niche you're in.
0: What a great idea that is. And then people can come there that are in that group. Yeah. And they they get the jokes. All
1: comics do that. Even Laz Gibrani. I do. He's he's Iranian. Yeah. His shows are filled with Iranian, you know, audience members because he's Iranian. He talks comedy about being. Now, when he took my classes, I don't want to get stereotyped. And i talked him into it i said you're going to talk about jokes about taking people hostage when on a date or whatever you're going to talk about stupid stereotypes lean into it just totally
0: radio. lean into it yeah that lean into it so double down sense. on it wow that reminds me of uh suzanne Huang, who was i don't know if you ever saw her comedy bit but she she was um korean and she didn't like being typecast as a korean as an actor and we were in acting class and they said, well, I'd like you to come in and do stand-up as, and go as Korean as you can possibly go. And she was hilarious and she built a whole comedy career out of it, Yeah, which was just amazing. And um, yeah, that's so great. I love that idea. You also said something about somebody started a thing at the airport, like a bar near the airport. Because there's a bunch of people just waiting around there, you know, drinking, waiting for their plane or whatever. You've got got mm-hmm. a ca- like a captive audience. It's such a great, great idea. It's so ingenious. So you've been working also, you said, in the corporate world, right? So mm-hmm. you've got that book, The Message of You, which is right behind you yeah yeah
1: that one can you, can you this tell is, us this is the, us, this is the latest comedy book yeah and this is the message of you
0: and i might want to say too that you have the audible version of this too which is great because you read <laughs> we the,
1: got audible this we got we got all the stuff all.
0: i'll put a link in the show notes um but can you tell yeah, us about, it's, it's yeah. nine
1: dollars the new comedy bible is like nine dollars and you'll get your five minutes there's so much in it too
0: there's so much before we depart to the message of you i do want to ask you one other thing about writing you say this really important thing in the book about how you should write for at least 20 minutes a day can you tell us about writing comedy and how you can develop new material all the time
1: yeah yeah absolutely well you don't know what you're what's really going on in your head um Until Mm -hmm. you sit and you just write, and sometimes you might be surprised what comes out, or what you start talking about, or what you know. um, I don't know. All of a sudden, you're writing jokes about edibles, you know, and then all of a sudden, uh, something funny pops out about oh my, you know, about a boomer joke. Oh, you millennials have it easy. In my day, we had to make our own edibles. (laughs) Yeah we had yeah. to it was like make that brownies joke. or
0: whatever yeah, yeah we
1: had to make our we could we were so creative we had taken an apple and make a bong out of it and <laughs> while we were high it was <laughs> yeah. like you know anyway you just never know so and then you go all right this is funny there's something here and let me see what I can do with it so um i i have this um book uh, called uh the new comedy bible workbook because I found like I would get ideas throughout the day because people think writing and you sit down, you write comedy, and that's not what you do. Mm -hmm. What you're talking about is something we call morning pages, where you just write, you write for 10 minutes, see what comes up. And maybe there's something there. And then you start thinking about it. And then maybe you think of a joke. So I wrote, I did this comedy Bible workbook, because what, what, I got messed up with is I get an idea, I record into my phone, I forget to find it, then I don't know what it's about, and then it yes. and then I lose it. And then it I mean it's just all over. It's the, the organization place, or it that's a... hard.
0: It's organizing all these yeah. thoughts into something cohesive and that are yeah. all together in one place rather than different points in yeah, time. Yeah, so I wrote a
1: workbook yeah. where you can it's a 30-day challenge. So every day you just set a timer, write 10 minutes. And you write. And then um, and then you look at it and you see what topics y- you're thinking of. What's what's going on in your life? You know, what mm-hmm. is your dating? Um, you want to date. So maybe the topic is dating because stand-up is topic based, not story based. So mm-hmm. it's not what happened. It's like it's like looking for some topics. And then, oh job interviewing. Okay, so maybe you could write, you know, six jokes about you know, job interviewing and, um, and, and, and anyway, and then, so that, but it's all self-contained in this workbook because, and I use it too. I just,
0: you do you use your own that,
1: workbook. Yeah. I write things because okay. I need to use them myself because I get discombobulated, you know? Yeah, yeah.
0: I think all comedians too, we're, we're so improvisational as far as, uh, coming up with ideas and things like that, that sometimes it's hard to like grab them
1: Yeah, I can, you know, and who says you have to sit down and write anyway? I mean, this writing is not like, it's just like, sometimes I just write, I hate writing. I hate writing. I hate, why am I writing this? This is stupid. I'm sure you don't though. I'm sure you don't. No, I do. I do. Absolutely. I do. But I I read this book called Atomic Habits. It said like that you link in order to develop a habit like writing. You associate it with something you like to do. So I have two things that I, I like I like to do. Yeah. I like to do the New York Times wordle word game in the morning. Yeah, and cool. I like to do um drink coffee. So mm-hmm. those are two things that I will do every morning. So before I do my wordle, I can't do unless I do a one minute plank. And you can do anything for a minute, right? So I do oh. my one minute plank and then yeah. I get to do wordle. And oh my then gosh. And then I take my coffee yeah. and before I drink my coffee, like while I drink it, I have to write for 10 minutes. And uh-huh. I set a timer and I drink my coffee. So, so those two, those items are stacked together. So because I'm not naturally a person who has routines You know, like a lot of people do, they just like every day they write something, they do Mm -hmm. that, you know. But but I find the only way I can really write comedy is then I take some of these rough sewage of ideas. And then I say, I'll call a comedy friend. I say, hey, let's Zoom, you get a half hour, I get a half hour, let's write some jokes together.
0: Oh my God, that's the other thing that you talk about, having a comedy friend. I think this is so great um yeah i i oftentimes have a trouble um collaborating with people in that way because i'm like oh well we have to coordinate our schedules and then we have to do it some kind of regular way how do you manage having a comedy friend is it just somebody you pick up or there something you you text them every once in a while or do you make like well, every time
1: i go to a club and i see a comic i like i say hey yeah. uh, do you want jam material with me uh, and you know most of them know who i am and whatever yeah, of course. For my book. But most people love that. And I think with, you know, sending calendar link and, you know, Zoom. So I created a a Facebook group called, you know, the Comedy Bible Fans. Mm -hmm. And people write material. People are looking to, you know, get comedy buddies. People are trying other comedy buddies out. So it's a Facebook group called, you know. I love that you're like
0: facilitating this for other, you know, obviously it's a business, but it's also a way to not help really a people. business
1: anymore. It's like, yeah. I don't, I'm, um, I'm not, I'm, I'm not charging for anything. Wow. <laughs> I'm, not, I, I'm not even I, saying
0: I, it's a business in a bad way, you know, cause I'm trying to, I personally am trying to look at money in a much more uh, welcoming way, you know, like as far as like something <laughs> being a business is not a, like a bad thing, <laughs> but it's so no, it's altruistic I, of you, but it also, I mean, it's, it's just good living to do that. To provide think- tools for other people, link people together, build a community. Do you think mm-hmm. building community is like a bit really important thing for a comic to build a community? Of I
1: think giving is 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 an giving. attitude that you need to have when you come on stage. I love that. That's at the essence of stand up. Like mm-hmm. if you go, I hope people will laugh, right? I hope people laugh. I need laughs. I need them. You you're coming, it's like. It's That's a really unsuccessful att- uh, attitude. That's it's like the going, when people
0: I, say, I'm getting laughs. I want to get laughs. It's not like you're getting laughs. You're giving them if they happen to occur.
1: <laughs> well, not really. No? Okay, I don't, good. I, I don't I look hear. at it that way.
0: Um, oh, good. Because you can't make
1: anybody do anything. Like if you think about it um, in terms of going on a date, I need yeah. to get someone to love me. You're going to look needy. Right. Yeah,
0: that's going to be a real problem.
1: Yeah. If you go, I, I really want to, you know, communicate. If you go on stage, I really you know, feel strongly about some things. I really want to communicate it and mm-hmm. I want to connect to the audience. So I want to connect. I want to connect. I want to like, see anybody, anybody having a hard time with relationships, people, how right. many of you are divorced? Let's hear, oh, isn't it hard? I'm connecting. <laughs> Now I'm not going like most comics beginning comics think it's all about talking about yourself and it's Mm -hmm. just so misguided it's I that's why I talk about my book to use the word not use I or me or I do this and I do that it's it's like everybody's so profoundly narcissistic it's really about you know uh can you engage the audience it's you know, you'll make money if you can engage, not you can get an audience just like really engage them
0: with you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Cause otherwise
1: yeah. you're a vampire suck of energy. You know, I love just like, that. I like, is anybody else having laugh. this
0: experience out here? I'm having this experience too. Yeah. It's kind of like that. Yeah. I love that. I love that. I, I want to, yeah. okay. Now we have a little bit of time left, but I want to make sure that I talk with you about the message of you and what cuz you help uh people do become motivational speakers you help people well, do corporate corporate gigs
1: yes yes talk
0: yes. talk about that a little bit too because sometimes that's Well a-
1: one of the reasons I don't need to make a li- make money right now is because you know I I uh, corporate gigs um when you're a corporate speaker mm-hmm. you get paid a lot of money the fee is yeah. very high mm-hmm. um and and they're desperate for funny people. But most funny people are not speakers because they don't have what this book, this book, wait, where is it? That book talks about <laughs> is they don't have a message. Yeah. So when you have a message um, that um, a corporate audience needs,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and you can deliver in an entertaining way, um, I discovered you can make A really good living doing that. So I no longer teach comedy anymore, except I do for free on Instagram live every Tuesday at noon. Every Tuesday Um, at noon. Can you give
0: us your Instagram handle? Yeah.
1: Judy Carter comedy,
0: Judy Carter, Carter comedy. And it's every what'd you say? Tuesday at
1: noon? Tuesday. Yeah. Every Tuesday at noon Pacific time. Um, you know, Mm -hmm. anybody want to try out some jokes? I'll write jokes for people. We'll talk how to open. People have questions. We do some writing. It's kind of fun. And so, um, so the corporate gig I discovered is that, um, there's every city, there's thousands of meetings taking place. And, um, they need to have somebody to really excite the audience to um, open their open their um, convention with energy or close it and leave them laughing with a great positive message, and they will pay a lot of money for that. It's so worth it to them, I'm sure. Yeah, I've done like I did it online through COVID, like, and I I found like during the pandemic. People were craving laughter, and my God, um, <laughs> great! I was working my butt I'm so off.
0: Glad to hear that. During COVID, great, yeah. Such a and afterwards, wonderful and thing. afterwards, yeah. 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 And do you, when you were doing it online, was it more difficult because you don't, you're not? How can you commune commune with the audience if you're doing it online? Like, how did you, how do you break well, that barrier? comedy
1: you know? doesn't work um, um, online. It doesn't work without laughter. So yeah. you know, I stand-up comedy hire mm-hmm. me. And I say, no, we really just want you to talk to the camera. And I say, well, I need some mics open. I need to talk to people who's going to be on. I need to kind of be in the gallery. <laughs> no, no, no. We just, and it was just, it just bobbed. It was it? awful. Yeah. yeah, it didn't. And so what I learned is that um to do visuals so i turned to memes and i turned to having like a really funny powerpoint and then i made it into a teaching thing and and then i would customize it for five you know here are the five reasons you know your 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 um student is going to end up in prison and (laughs) you know and then i would do it and so i would do it custom to them and then i went okay then I do audience interaction. Let me give you a setup. Like I'd say like a list of three, like here's an example of a formula from um, the New Comedy Bibles. Like um, I should have known that my marriage was ending. There were three, there was three subtle clues, right? There were three subtle clues that my relationship was ending. Um, there was no, we didn't kiss. We didn't have dinner together and blank. (laughs) Yeah. And what's, what's the most obvious. And then they'd write funny stuff and then I read it and everybody would be laughing. So I was doing sort of that kind of stuff.
0: Oh, I love that. Yeah. You have to find a new way. You always have to find a new way. And that's probably what's great. That's, I mean, that seems to be what's great about you. One of the great things Mm -hmm. is that you find a new way. Like if you've had a career this long.
1: And things <laughs> it has been long things have changed so
0: long. things have changed so much like you've seen so much in the comedy world that you have to change right along with it yeah or invent yeah. new ways you know you, yeah. you invent things as they yeah. as things change and I think that that's something that we're all um doing pretty heavily right now because things technology and the world and everything's changing so much I think it's probably changing much faster than it used to change that's what it seems like to me like you know Uh something you can there's some new technology comes out at 9 a.m and then like later on at noon another one comes out and then like later on tonight we're all you know it's like things are just changing 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 we have to find ways to kind of utilize what we have
1: yes one thing that is not changing though is the structure of comedy and what makes Mm. people laugh. And, you know, I mean, certainly as far as subject matter goes, that changes, but something, you know, it's, and I remember I was asked to teach a class in Russia and Russia through um, an interpreter and I went, I wonder if American comedy will work there. And it did. I mean, it did. I And, and then I just was talking to, um, I put in my book, like, email me. How's it going with comedy? And, and people do. And I got this email from Syrian comics. And when you're from Syria, you're funny. There are funny people in Syria. And they showed me some of their jokes. And it's like, it's about the same things. Like no matter what, we're having trouble with our mother, our kids, you know, it, it's really the same kind of stuff, no matter where you are. And now my book is being re- released in China, heavily censored, you know, uh, and there's yeah. those elements, like certainly in Syria, they can't do political material, they can't do sexual material, or LGBTQ material. So there's a lot of limitations. Mm-hmm. But they say we find a way around it, we mm-hmm. find a little, little way. So a little double entendre. And And they're working it, you know, they're working through those limitations. But what is non-changing is, you know, the way people laugh, that everybody, you know, on a core, we have humiliation, you know, we have, we've been dumped, we have things that are hard, we have things that are scary in our life. And when we talk about them with an audience, they laugh.
0: Yeah. And it's, I think that's the most important thing, really, is just connecting with the commonalities that we have. All right, I'm going to have to end the interview now. This has been so great. Um, I really appreciate you, Judy Carter, for coming on the show.
1: Yeah, great, and to, if it, meet great lunch, to meet you. Where's lunch, by the way? Where's there's no my lunch. lunch. My
0: assistant is always complaining. He's a, he's a skeleton, plastic skeleton. <laughs> he's always complaining there's no lunch. And now <laughs> he can't even eat, so I don't even know what the problem is. But, um, yes, uh, JudyCarter.com, is that where people should go to look at all – The different things that you know books and things that you provide what if somebody is like in a corporate environment and they want to hire hire you there do they go to the website
1: it's a main website and it goes off into you know those people who want to be comics and yeah branches off yeah that's
0: so cool all right thank you so much for being on lunch therapy judy
1: great meeting you great meeting you all right there you go there you have
0: it Yes, commonalities, Jason Edelman. It's so, um, I just thought there was just so much useful information there for comics and for public speakers and for anybody that wants to make people laugh, anybody that wants to um, find ways to make money in this entertainment business. So I thank Judy Carter for being on the show and for being so generous with her information because. That is some powerful, powerful stuff. And uh, thanks, everybody, for being here, for being and checking this out. Please share this with your friends. All right, let's dance it out.
2: It's been one week since you've looked at me. Got you out of the side and said I'm angry Five days since you laughed at me saying, so that together, come back and see me Three days since the living I realized it was all my fault but couldn't tell you yesterday You've forgiven me But it'll still be two days till I say I'm sorry Jordan oh, Mack I think you think you're picking that up man, some fish to the sugar one like a shallow, so like the sushi, because it's never just a prime bed. I like the savvy when I bust rhymes, pick like the hand rhymes, because I'm all about value. Bird oh, yes, tonight hits. Thank you, Howard. You try to, you, you try to owe me and take a brick. Dan Ochoa is like going like to be there doing some, we'll see some the comedy too. You know the vertigo is going to grow because it's so dangerous so I have to sign a waiver. I'll bet if I think you funny when you're mad. Trying hard not to smile though I feel bad. I'm the kind of guy who laughs at a funeral. Can't understand what I mean Will you soon will. I have a tendency of wearing my mind on my sleeve. Have a history of taking off my shirt. has been one reason since you looked at me. Threw your eyes in the air and said you're crazy. Buy this and you tackled me. I still got the rubber on both my knees. It's been three. Focus I realized it was all my fault. Not a moment too soon. Yesterday, you've given me. They'll spend me two days till I say I'm sorry. you get to China, Chinese chicken, Chica, You have a drumstick and your brain stops sticking What's your next boss? When the lights on We're done some maze on I hope the smokey man's in this one Like get a in I'm getting frantic Next thing nice I'm trying in here my Snickers guaranteed to satisfy The group are I made mad films Yeah, I don't make films But if they did, I'd have a similar ride. You get a set up and new clubs can find the capital Tani Nuts just so my eyes do not always Flying off the backswing swing You're getting into my ceiling room Cause that is got the beating He's He's got, got a lot of worse things. Can I help it if I think if I can't do that? Trying hard not to smile, though I feel bad. I'm the kind of guy that laughs at the funeral. <laughs> can't understand what I mean when well, you soon will. I have a tendency of my mind on my sleep. I have a history of losing my shirt. It's been one week since you looked at me. dropped your eyes to the side and say, I'm sorry. Five days since I laughed at you. Dancing is so but good, good you for your well-being. Days living room. well being. You do it whenever you want to make a plan? smile at me still still two days till we say we're sorry still be two days till we say we're sorry,
0: we sorry. Alright thanks everybody for being here.